Talking fight fans, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Knuckle Up with yours truly, Mike. Or guys, remember today's episode is brought to you by the BetStamp app, which is helping thousands of people win in sports betting for free. The same way travelers use Google Flights or Expedia to find the best prices, bettors can now use BetStamp to do the same. When you place a bet, the odds given by a sports book will determine how much you can possibly win, even when betting on the same outcome. Different sports books will offer varying payouts, and these differences can be huge. Thankfully, BetStamp allows you to easily line shop for the most profitable odds across all sports books. You can click on any matchup and instantly see all the different odds for game lines, player props, and even future bets. Line shopping is the simplest way to find an edge in sports betting and maximize your chances on winning long-term. On average, BetStamp users win an extra $1,000 plus yearly just by line shopping. You can find the BetStamp app on Apple iOS Store, Google Play Store, or through your browser at www.betstamp.app. To access all these benefits, sign up using promo code Talk and Fight and start your journey to successful sports betting today. And if you forget to use the code upon sign up, don't worry, guys. You can always enter our code in your BetStamp account settings afterwards. So do me a favor, go check it out again, www.betstamp.app. And now, guys, we're getting back into it. Here it is. We have the man. Bradley Wilcox in the main event uh, 10 under against Lerone White this Saturday that we will be streaming live on this channel. So we got him in the studio, guys. We're gonna bring him in and we're gonna uh, we're gonna get down to it and, uh, and, and find out all about uh, about his career and uh, this fight that he's prepped for this weekend. So yeah, Bradley, thank you, thank you for uh, taking time to come and join us here on Talking Fight to uh, chat it up ahead of your fight this weekend. Uh, you know this Saturday. Uh, Brampton Civic Center, Lerone White. Wow. wow, it's gonna be a good one, guys. You're not gonna want to miss it, so make sure you tune into it. I can't wait. It's gonna be good. Uh, Bradley, let's uh, let's let's just get right into these questions. You know, let's. Uh, can you tell us about your first memory of boxing and what sparked your interest in the sport? Actually, my first uh, first memory with boxing isn't even really so much about me i remember being eight years old running around at brampton cup uh in brampton with my older brother steven he was only he was only one fighting at the time my brother jesse was in kickboxing and uh just just watching all the little guys go at it and then eventually my dad just said uh like he asked if we wanted to get involved with it and then we did but till we were i think with in boxing now now you can box when you're eight right back back then you had to be 10 turning 11 so we had two years of waiting oh, wow. okay um so you were you were you were eight when when you, you when you started uh so what led you to pursue it seriously is it is it because of the family uh so so we grew up east hamilton uh like we were east hamilton boys yeah uh, and they're one of the rougher parts of hamilton and uh i'm, I'm pretty sure my parents I think their mind now we're older so they tell us their mindset <laughs> right. Dad figured having five boys he knew one of us were going to get in trouble if he didn't do something so he kept us what he did what he could do and that was put us in as much sports as we want there wasn't a sport that they didn't allow us to try whether they had the money or not but they always let us do whatever we wanted and uh then one day uh my dad took my brother steven to the boxing gym and then he's seen how much Steven liked it. And just at the side of the, at the, 
at the side of the boxing they were running a kickboxing class okay. and because we were too young so we uh we were doing kickboxing while Stephen did boxing and then uh that gym closed and my dad noticed how much like me and my brothers enjoyed it and loved it uh so he thought oh i gotta keep my boys involved in it and then from history right <laughs> right the history the guys he is part of the will cox clan if you don't know they're literally like the 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 dynasty family of canadian boxing you know you're trying to set a guinness book of world records we did talk about that having yeah. all you guys on one card would be amazing uh yes honestly what a what, what a great story um your biggest inspiration in boxing when, when you were starting out? Well, I know like you have your whole family, but is there anybody else that inspired you uh, to, to, to really get in there and do it? Oh, it's funny because growing up, I, I never really like took the boxing right away. I was more of the hockey player out of me and all my brothers. I, I really wanted to chase the hockey dream and you know how that is in Canada. It's like more oh God, I did the same thing till I was 18. Yeah. <laughs> never get there. And then, and then it got to the point, I think I was in Peewee when I decided, like, I'm fucking sick of people blaming the goalie. I'm sick of people. And then I started, then then you started to go to nationals. You started to travel. Then then you started to get to have fun. And then then I decided, you know what? I, screw hockey. Just I'm just going to be a house league player. And I, I, I played hockey until I couldn't play it anymore, but never really took it super serious. It was more for fun just to get my head outside of boxing. Right. Yeah. Right. Did you, uh, as, as growing up and, and doing boxing so young, did you find it hard to uh, balance uh, both like your academic, um, you know, your academics and boxing? Or was it just like, you know, academics at the window? <laughs> like, um, <some> guys. Actually, <laughs> academics is our, our uh, strong suit, but we're definitely, and it's probably from the boxing and uh, all, the, all the sports we played growing up. Right. Uh, we just had to work a little harder for the education. I uh, I graduated from Mohawk College, civil engineer technology. Uh, I got a good job with the city. So as much as people probably remember me when I was in grade four, five, six, seven, eight, yeah, not being the smartest kid, I think I got a pretty sweet career. <laughs> it sounds like you got a pretty sweet gig now. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely uh, a, a great job. Um, uh, did you face any obstacles or challenges when you were first starting out in boxing? And um, if you did, how did you overcome them? Uh, I, to be honest, I think the only obstacle was probably my dad, because my dad always had that mindset of you're young, just fight whoever, take the losses as they come. And my dad would pretty much throw us in. Like there was one time uh, we went all the way to, I think it was, it was all the way in Sarnia. We went and fought in Sarnia, I think it was. No, it was at Border City Boxing Club. I think so. And uh, they brought over a team from Detroit. Okay. And and they told us he only had a couple fights more than me. Then I ended up getting stopped. I was 10 years old. Uh, ended up getting stopped in the second round. Turns out the guy had 40 fights because in the States you can start when you're eight. <laughs> 40 fights. He was two years older. It was, wow. But but no, there, there weren't really any big obstacles. Just uh not being afraid to fight anybody willing to take losses and then that's it right and uh you you had a you had a pretty highly decorated amateur career yourself what 135 fights yeah uh what was it what was the final record out of, out of the amateurs uh it's hard because they give you these little black books and they're like the passport 
or yeah. little blue books and they're your passport and then you lose them over time like we lost them once in kansas city and then we lost like you just lose them traveling and stuff like that but i'd probably i'd probably be around like 90 and 40 maybe maybe a little more like 130 30 losses or something but that that comes from uh fighting anybody really yeah. like never like there were some times where we 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 would always go to a show and because for anybody who knows boxing shows exactly what happened on our last weekend club show that we had for our amateurs fights fall through right so even if i wasn't in shape and i wasn't training to fight my dad would bring the boxing passport with him and then as soon as fights started falling through he'd be like oh brad can fight <laughs> and then, so, like there was sometimes there was no prep for it it was just go and oh wow yeah that, your dad your dad had every bit of confidence in your ability yeah well well we knew from from day one we we always try to enforce the footwork and defense right so no matter who you're in there with you're not gonna get hurt right, right. what are what are what are some of what, like what are some of the drills that you do to work your footwork uh obviously the agility ladder and stuff like that and uh growing up we had a coach named Zaya yonin and he was he was everybody who started boxing's worst nightmare when it came to footwork we had a lot of people get really frustrated because when you first started boxing for the first two weeks, if you wanted to compete, he would make you literally just bounce on your toes forward and back, forward and back, left, right. Just literally for like two weeks. Oh, wow. And then, then he would add a little bit of bounces. And then, so I, I, I would like to give him a lot of credit for the footwork. Uh, he was, he was very adamant on teaching us that stuff. He really like made it made it second nature. No, 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 you know, not even have to think about it. You just do it now. Yeah. 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 Really, really, really grinded it in there. Uh, what uh, do you remember your first uh, amateur bout? I know yeah. I girl. <laughs> uh, we actually have a video of it and uh, it, it was with another professional boxer named Mike McWilliams. And, okay. I, I don't know if he's retired from boxing, but he did take a little bit of a break. Uh, we were both 10 years old, turning 11. I was 55 pounds. He was 65. I remember my dad, like I was small. I was 55 pounds. And my dad always had the okay for me to fight somebody with a big, bigger difference. Right. I remember those days we used to be able to go and eat before weigh-ins. Not no more, but no, that's done. But uh yeah, no, uh, we ended up actually growing up having a cup. Like I lost, I lost, uh, I lost to him. And then I lost to him at provincials. He was kind of the guy who was always beating me. And then when, uh, when I decided to excel in boxing, I ended up, I think I got the better of him. I think I won four out, four out of seven times that we probably fought, but, and when I was older, but no, he's a good guy. He like, he still messaged me every once in a while. And his dad, his dad really keeps in touch he always messages me my brother's messages saying like good luck before all of our fights so right on. um what advice would you give to you know someone who's just trying to start out in boxing uh <laughs> it's, it's it's a sport with a lot of up and downs and there's a lot of politics involved that i don't think people who are getting punched in the face should even have to deal with politics the best man should win but for some reason, it's always we're always battling politics. Uh, 
I think I think the big thing is stay focused. Uh, fight as often as you can. As long as you're not getting hurt, it's a win. Uh, and and just listen to your coaches. That's all right. Um, so you have this long amateur career, and uh, you know you're going to turn pro. Um, can you can you tell us the transition and 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 how you felt when you were going through the transition from the amateurs to the pro, and and what kind of adjustments you had to make to your game to uh, to do that transition? It was actually a, a pretty fast transition that me and my dad decided. Uh, I don't know. I think it was 2015. I went. I did I. I can't remember when I went pro. Uh, 2017, June 30th. Okay, yeah, COVID kind of screwed up the dates because yeah. those years just disappeared. Yeah, yeah, right. The 2017 <laughs> national championships were going on, and uh, like I said, there's lots of politics, and uh, I guess Boxing Canada decided it wasn't my year to win, so that that hurt me, and then literally three weeks after nationals because we knew i was in shape doing a four rounder is not much different because in amateurs you're doing three threes and i said dad i want to go pro like like if i don't i'm losing the love for the sport and that's the main thing is to keep the love for the sport i said i'm sick of fighting the politics at the time i was starting my career and the way boxing canada works is they kind of want to own you yeah and uh as soon as you i'm sure you've heard it all as soon as you get on the team they want you to move they want yeah. you to move to Montreal. They want you to do this. They want you to do that. And then they don't want to pay you. Yeah, there's no support. That's There's no support system for it, which is, it's it's, it's a shitty thing, to be honest. That, that so to me, here. I kind of take it as a blessing that that kind of happened. Like, obviously, I would have liked to see, I would have tried one more Olympic cycle. But it was nice to, like, my career was starting and I, I got a job with the city and I just graduated or I was graduating. And then I was like, dad, like, even if, even if I did win nationals, like, fuck, I can't up and leave the Montreal for two weeks. Right. So, so then I just decided to go pro. So the transition was kind of fast. It was like three weeks. We decided to go and then the rest was history. And we are where we are now today. Yeah. And you know what, what a journey it's been, man, from start to finish, like, you know, all those amateur fights now being an undefeated pro, you know, 10 and 0, five knockouts. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you remember the first knockout? Yeah, I remember my first knockout because uh, it was actually my first fight. My uh, my brothers my brothers always bug me about it too because if you look at the video, it's on my, it's on my Instagram. But uh, it's pretty funny because I heard him and he went on the ropes and I literally wound up as hard as I can and I ran across the ring. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, yeah kind of put a little too much into that one but that's okay it was, <laughs> that's it was my pro debut and i was fighting a guy nine and nine for my pro debut so yeah, yeah even right. the commission was kind of like are you sure and we said no 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 like we'll be fine like we at least have video on this guy it will be okay and then ended up yeah man oh that's uh that's crazy nine and nine for like for the debut that's that's huge um you know looking back on the start in boxing is there anything that you would have done differently or are, are you perfectly content with where you're at and, and, and how you did it? Obviously I would have liked to uh, chase the Olympics, but 
but I gave it two cycles and stuff like that. And uh, obviously that's, everybody will say that, that they wish that they could stay around for that. But even that's very political now for boxing. So I'm actually thankful I didn't stay because when I did stay, all that rumor of boxing getting pulled from the Olympics was starting. Yeah. Uh, so I can imagine what the people who were thinking that they wanted to stay around for one more Olympic cycle and then it getting pulled, like I can, oh, that would have destroyed me. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be devastating, like, you know, to work so hard for something and then just have it just like plucked. That would, you know, I think that would drive anybody crazy. Yeah. Um, with, okay. Uh, with your fight this weekend, you know, Lerone White, um, you know, I know, I know you have, you, you're, you're super confident with this one. Uh, what, uh, what do you see the outcome being here? Uh, well, I don't know. A lot of people, a lot of people know my family. Like, uh, we don't like, I, I personally think we're pretty humble and, uh, I personally let my hands do the talking. I don't like, I don't like predicting outcomes and stuff like that. Okay. My coaches, we have a game plan on yeah. what we're going to do, but I know Lerone's coming ready. I know he's had a, his last couple of fights were tough and yeah. they didn't go his way but that's why we gave him 10 weeks notice. We want the best Lerone White we can get. Yeah. And we're going to give him the best Brad Wilcox we can give him and we made the best man win. Uh, you, know, that's, uh, you know what? I'm going to be ringside calling the fights to see it, so I can't wait. I'm going to be super excited for it. I hope all the fans out there tune in for it. Um, can you talk about any changes or adjustments you've made to your training uh, for this fight? without uh, or do we want to just let you see let you do it in the ring show us that way no uh no i've just been working with the coaches on specific things uh actually i'm over at my parents house right now because i sat down with my dad and we watched a couple of Lerone's fights we looked at some of his in the past we looked at mm -hmm. some of his in the future like what what happened now and uh trying to do our little little uh learning trying to learn what he does and what what bad habits he has everybody has bad habits right figure it out fastest right we're, we're, and it takes uh, and it takes the due diligence of watching all those tapes and going back and and yeah. you know watching those fights over and over again yeah because when so, you get yeah. those bad habits come back no matter how hard you're training to get them out right uh, how do you mentally prepare uh, for a fight? Do you have any specific routines, techniques you follow, uh, like, you know, the night before? No, I, to be honest, uh, I, I just like hanging out with my brothers. Uh, we're all pretty close. Everybody knows that. Uh, I just usually, if, if it's with me and my little brother, we usually bring the Xbox. We just, <laughs> one person will go in the hot Epsom salt bath and one person will play the game, like, there's i don't really have a routine my routine's more after okay okay what's what's that what's that routine like the the, the i guess the wind down after all the intense training right uh a lot of fighters like to like just go home after their fight i like to stay back i like to go to the hotel and now we're gonna go back with the belt but i like to go i like to go back to the hotel uh with my fiance and now my baby like I only, she's only got to go to one fight, but I like to stay in a hotel. It's different than home, right? You wake up and you have a nice big breakfast. Yeah. Hopefully after the fight, I'm not sure where uh, Bill Williams is doing the after party, but 
But uh, if he's going to be doing it at the Hudson, then we go there and we get some nice food. As long as my baby's allowed in, I'll come. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Oh, man. It's going to be – I can't wait, man. I'm, st- I'm stoked for the weekend. It's going to be great. Um, how, how do you um, – how do you balance your personal life with your boxing career right now? Because I know you, you said you, you work for the city, right? And like, Do you find it hard to do that? Uh, it can be hard, but uh, obviously it helps with my dad owning the gym and yeah. having everybody willing to help. It doesn't matter. I could call my brother Stephen. I could call Jesse. I could call Sheldon. I could call Spencer. I could, go, I could call my dad. I could call my other coaches from the gym, and they would be there right in the morning if I had to. Uh, like I – I honestly could probably send them a message right now and say, Hey, you want to go to the gym at four in the morning? And they would be like, yep, I'm there. So that, that helps. And then, uh, obviously having a super supportive fiance, she, she, she really makes it easy on me. And my mom, my mom's, my mom babysits my baby every day. So we're super, super lucky with that. So it's not so much like a daycare set time. Like if I tell my mom, I like, mom, can you watch the baby till eight o'clock at night? (laughs) He'll never say no, and she knows that the fights are coming up. So, see, that's that, that's good, man. It's good to have a very supportive family. You know, like a lot of people, a lot of people don't understand that. You know that that like being a pugilist and doing this as a profession, man. It's you know, there's a lot of time that you're away. You know, training in camps or you know traveling for fights, and you know, like if, if you don't have those proper support systems, it can be hell on you, man. And uh, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's great that you have a huge family that's, you know, <laughs> there's there's all you guys at Box. You guys all know exactly what's up. It's, uh, it's good to have a great support system. Yeah. And then even just at the gym, there's lots of lots of people helping. There's there's a little girl from the gym who will stay and watch a baby whenever whenever I need her to. Even if uh, my fiance has to go out and do something, I'll right. have like there's people at the gym, not just my family. So the gym is our family. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, I've, that's I've always loved that man. Yeah, the, the gym atmosphere, that family atmosphere, it's great. I don't know if it's just a Canadian thing, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, man, uh, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, how important is uh, nutrition and weight management to you, and uh, and how do you approach these aspects of it? Uh, I think get it, being a little older now. Like I know I'm not old. I'm I'm 28, but that's one thing that I noticed uh, is is a big difference, and it makes it a lot easier. Obviously, it's hard to stay away from the junk food and stuff like that. Me, me, everybody in my family has a sweet tooth. Right. But uh, other than that, it's like it's it's pretty good. We have a good. Uh, actually, the little girl who babysits my uh, my daughter at the gym. She wants to. She wants to go to school to become a chef. Okay. So so I we kind of send her like what we want and what we need. And then she's actually making us little, little meals. She's meal prepping for us. And she's, Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Meal prepping is very important, right? When it comes to like stuff like that, like, I think the big part is convenience. Yeah. Like you go to the gym, you bring it with you. Yeah. And it's right there. Most of the stuff you can eat it cold. Like you don't need to warm it up. Like once it's already cooked chicken, like realistically you can get it in you as soon as you're done training. Yeah, that, oh, I, I know when I was cutting weight, it was it was the same thing, you know, eating eating cold boneless skinless chicken breast. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Might you know like it, really you can eat it cold. Yeah, it doesn't taste like anything, but uh, no, but but it, it does. It's it fills you up. That's the main thing. Um, 
can you talk any can you talk about any injuries that you've experienced during your career and, and how you dealt with them uh no just just the usual boxing stuff just hands like everybody like if there's a boxer that doesn't have sore hands then i don't think they're they've been boxing long enough <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> right yeah i know those uh yeah man when you punch things your fist i find i find sometimes that that your hands get like so tight that like you know like when you, when oh, you, in the winter i could i'll have arthritis when i'm older that's sure. <laughs> in the winter i gotta warm them up oh okay yeah i'm probably i'm probably gonna have the same thing i'll yeah. probably have the same thing um what are your thoughts um, on the current state of boxing? Uh, and where would you like to see the sport head in the future? Uh, to be honest, it would be nice to see Ontario all get together and make some pretty big fights. Uh, there's a lot of good boxers in Ontario. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that can happen. But like I said, it's politics. So there's nothing we can do about that. But I don't know. I think... Canada has enough talent to do what everybody's doing in the States, but it's just tough right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we've, um, you know, like we, we've been slept on a little bit, you know, we do have, we do have a huge talent pool. You know, we got, we got people that are very dedicated to the sport and, and to it as a profession. And it just, it just sucks that we don't, we don't get the recognition we deserve. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see it in the next few years is, you know, have more Canadians in that, in that, you know, top 15 world ranking, because yeah. I, I believe, you know, from, from working with boxing Ontario and doing the amateur events and then, you know, doing the pro events here, uh, you know, we have, we have a thick talent pool, man. And, and, you know, we got, we got guys that really should, you know, be, be starting to climb that world stage and, and fighting for big titles like yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, what's the, uh, What's uh, what's the goal for the end of the year? Uh the end of the year, uh, I'd like to get I'd like to get one fight now. Like after this fight, I'd like to get one more, maybe midsummer. I'm getting married uh, in August, at the end of August, and then uh, me, me, and my dad, and my brothers want to do another show, uh, probably late November, early December, and. Maybe we'll be able to get that fifth Wilcox brother in the ring, and then call the call up the Guinness World Record book and actually get it and to get, go and and get that get that inked in there, man. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. So that'll be what the most the most family fighters on one card ever, right? Yeah, like same same blood. Yeah, it would be like same same mom dad kind of thing. That's that's incredible. That'd be a great record to hold. You know, oh. um, where um where do you see yourself five years from now? uh father of three uh okay going as far as i can with boxing uh and just giving back to the boxing community uh to help in the gym right hopefully i'm boxing still if i'm yeah. boxing still that means everything went well <laughs> right, uh, right but and that okay and when uh when you're ready when you're ready to retire uh you know hang up the gloves not necessarily walk away from boxing because you know you guys do have the gym and everything. What uh, what do you want to be remembered for? Uh, I actually opened up a a Robbie like my, we had a brother that passed away, and I opened up a foundation called the Robbie Wilcox Foundation, and uh, I decided to open it up because we've always talked about doing it for the last uh, 
the last probably 10 years, like we've always done cancer fundraisers and stuff like that. Right. Uh, so I finally opened up an organized, like a nonprofit organization with uh, like under my brother. Mm-hmm. I, of course, COVID happened a month later. So that kind of got oh. put on the back burner. But our, our last show we did in November, we kind of tried to bring light to it. But I'd like to, even after this fight, I really want to focus on doing that. I don't just want to do boxing shows. I want to help everybody. Right. I want, if you come up to me and you need, I don't know, if, if somebody needs a liver, if somebody needs anything and it's not covered, like we would sit down and make a plan on how we can fundraise. So I'd really like to sit down and uh, make that Robbie Wilcox Foundation come to life because Absolutely. I know my brother's impacted people. That's 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 amazing. Uh, honestly, to let us know when, where, and how we can help, and and we will definitely do our best to to help you out there. That's uh, that's a great cause. Um, one one more one more question here. I got you. Do you want to be loved or do you want to be feared? Uh little little bit of both. Okay. Uh, I don't really care if I'm feared or not because I'll fuck. Oh, <laughs> in the ring, it's just man, they don't gotta fear me. They don't gotta fear me or not. I'm, I'm, I am who I am, right. and I, I, and I know I can hurt people. So whether they're scared of me or not, it's, it's coming. I, I love it. I love watching you in the ring, man. You, you got that. You got that stone cold. Like you're, you're, you're already three, four thoughts ahead. You know, it's like you're playing chess. It's 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 a pleasure to watch you box in the ring, man. Uh, honestly, uh, you know, Lebron, if he's going to come forward, you fight very well off that back foot, and you know, we'll see uh, we'll see how this outcome goes uh, on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yes, definitely. Well, Bradley, I'm not going to keep you too much longer. Uh, we'll sign off, and um, and then um, yeah, I'll I'll say bye and. But uh, for now, I'm just going to say, you know, thank you for coming by. Thanks for answering the questions, being so transparent. Uh, yeah, guys, if you're looking to see him fight this Saturday, Brantford Civic Center, Lerone White, Bradley Wilcox, 10-rounder main event. It's going to be a good one. Uh, tickets, I think, are still available, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You will be able to catch the live stream on this channel, Talk and Fight. We will be there. I will be commentating ringside along with my man, Neil The Deal. And uh, yeah, definitely. We will we will chat after uh, after you uh, win, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way that's that's mm-hmm. the way the outcome is going to be. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Well, guys, to all the talk and fight fans out there, thanks for tuning in to this special episode of Knuckle Up with Mike Orr and my special guest Bradley Wilcox. Thank you again to all the fans. We will see you next time. Same channel, new topics. You know what it is. Peace. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Yeah, man. No worries.